Spider-Man, Spider-Man, <sighs> does whatever a spider can. Ew, spins right. a web, just like you. No, spins any a web, size. any size. <laughs> Get it right, lady. Hey, if you're going to butcher a song, you need to know it. <laughs> I try my best. It's oh, all you, I uh, can do. Yeah, you all do. all I can do. So we were talking earlier. We did go see Spider-Man, and we said, man, if only we were on the air with Tim and Sarah still, because... Then I could have the pleasure of telling Tim all about this Spider-Man. Well, now you have the the opportunity to tell our listeners. I want to hear your take on Spider-Man as far as what happened in the story. Okay, only what happened? Only if you can jump in, cut in whenever to make it clearer, because I will not. So I'll be speaking more than you. Yes, because <laughs> this is not my genre. I will butcher this. And that's the fun of it. In a comedic tone, of course. Right. Yeah, we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, by the way. Uh, probably the most anticipated film of the year. And surely going to be the top grocer of 2021. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> we've got Tom Holland returning as Spider-Man. And we're, we are picking up right where the last one that was totally... Not memorable to me at all. I agree. Um, with Zendaya playing his girlfriend, MJ. Mm -hmm. And um, he is being accused of killing Mysterio. You were doing great. Thank yeah. you. And and then we got J.K. Simmons' character, who I loved, by the way, doing this totally over-the-top character of J. Jones... Jaden. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> I was so freaking close. close. So freaking close. There you go. <laughs> we'll call him J. Cubed. J. Cubed had a funny little mustache and over-the-top reporter as he is hunting down whoever Peter Parker or whoever Spider-Man is. And then his identity is revealed. It's Peter Parker. And Peter Parker is now enemy number one of the world. Everyone is out to get him. And he's freaking out because now his friends can't get into MIT because they're associated with him because they were a part of all this whole scheme where he went into, I don't know, France, I don't know, across the world, in Europe somewhere, and he was trying to kill all the bad guys. Venice. Venice. He was in Venice yeah. trying to kill all the bad guys. You were paying attention. I was. Look at, you. Look okay. at me. So he goes to his buddy... Who isn't isn't Benedict Cumberbatch? She's Doctor Strange, right? Correct, and he's yeah. part of the whole Avenger people. Yes, look at oh my god! I'm like almost an expert in this. So he goes to his buddy and says, "Hey, can you turn back the hands of time and make things so that no one remembers that my friends were a part of all this because they can't get into MIT and I don't want to drag my friends down." You know, an honorable notion for this young boy to do. So one of my favorite lines in the movie. Here's a spoiler alert. So earmuffs, people, if you don't want to hear any spoilers whatsoever. Benedict Cumberbatch. Batch's character said, well, did you call them? So he's making this cast. He was going to cast the spell, and the kid didn't even have the, the knowledge to just approach somebody by calling and asking for a little favor. So that was one of my favorite scenes. Um, Cumberbatch is wonderful in this. He has fun. This is what I love about seasoned actors like Cumberbatch that they really bring so much depth and authenticity to something ridiculously comic and comedic and comic book-like. They can bring levity. They can bring heart. They can... I mean, there are parts in this film where I almost got choked up. Mm -hmm. So, he casts a spell, and whoopsie-daisy, it doesn't quite work. And so now... This has opened many doors to the other realms of the multiverse. I know. Impressive, isn't it? You don't need me at all. So then all these other villains who 
our current Spider-Man, Mr. played by Mr. Holland, has no clues to who these people are. Well, Tom and I have a lot in common because <laughs> I didn't know who they were either. Thankfully, I was sitting next to one of my favorite nerds, a.k.a. Chuck Kaplinski, who mm-hmm. was able to enlighten me that... Am I allowed to spoil and say what... what? Oh, yeah, yeah. The villains okay. are in the trailer. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the Green Goblin played by... In a heartfelt way, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. I loved him. Mm-hmm. I loved, loved, loved him. Um, and then we've got Aunt May, who's not the villain, obviously, but she's in there, and she's played by Marissa Tomei. Um, nice, nice uh, relationship between Holland and Marissa Tomei in this this movie. Um, we've got some other. We've got Mr. Octopus. Doctor Octopus. Doctor. Doctor Octo. Okay, we've got Doctor Octopus. We got Sandman. Is that Sandman? Uh-huh. Yeah, but we don't have Speedy Man yet, do we? No, there's no Speedy Man in this one. No. <laughs> Looking forward to Speedy Man. Anyway, I can't tell you much more because I really don't want to spoil the fun. And the second half of the film is really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. And there's a lot going on. And there's the conversations that ensue among the different characters is really quite poignant. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. I would give it three to three and a half stars. That's big for you. It's huge for me. Huge for me. I did give the final Avengers movie, Endgame, I think I gave that three and a half also. I think you did too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, and that's what's great about when they do these movies right. Even if you're not a fan, I mean, it transcends that because it speaks of basic, basic morals and themes, you know, uh, you know, and while you escape. While you escape, yeah. And, and, and I mean, Marvel, more than um, any studio, they give you the spectacle. I mean, they take you someplace you haven't been, thanks to the special effects they have. And I mean, they're astounding. This one particularly. I think this is one of the great superhero films. Uh, and uh, fanboys and geeks, you are not going to be disappointed. The, you are my, not going to be disappointed. That was my only issue is that, like, everybody in the audience, when, when different characters came on and, and, like, these villains that, like, the Golden Globes, no, not the Golden Globes, that's a different villain, mm-hmm. <laughs> Green Goblin, yeah. um, came on, and everyone's like, oh! And it happened continuously through the movie, and I'm like, you know, just clueless. So I was a little angry that I didn't know what was happening. And there's some, some TV series that I missed out on. <laughs> what was that? Daredevil. Oh, okay. Yeah, Daredevil. Uh, Netflix ha- originally had three or four Marvel superhero uh, series based on smaller type characters, all of which live in Hell's Kitchen in New York. Matt Murdock, who uh, as a young man was uh, doused with radioactive chemicals, he goes blind, but then all of his other senses are heightened and he becomes the vigilante daredevil. Murdoch shows up early in the film to represent Parker and Miss and Aunt May because they're in some legal trouble. So that was one of the gasps oh, that you got. Oh, the blind guy. The blind guy. Gotcha. And that's why he's able to do that thing. Got it. Because all of his other, yeah. And you, you know, you like John Bernthal. Mm-hmm. He was in one of these series playing the uh, character The Punisher. He had oh. his own series. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was quite good. Okay. Uh, yeah. I love this movie because, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. That's the thing that Stanley wrote in Spider-Man, and it's sort of the basis for the character in every Marvel character, really. And the sacrifices that Peter has to make, and I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that once he gets these villains, he tries to cure them. He's trying to help them. He's trying to help them. He realizes that they are just as, you know, there but for the grace of God go I. They all suffer these incredible accidents. They have these powers thrust upon them that they don't want. 
And, you know, Peter could have gone that direction as well, and he recognizes that. And thanks he, to Aunt May. Thanks to Aunt May. And, you know, he becomes this selfless character. And that's what I loved about the film. And other things that I absolutely love that we can't talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, fanboys, you're not going to be disappointed. Uh, it, me, it left me wanting more. And after two and a half hours, that's something. Yeah, it didn't leave me wanting more, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. So even though I would never have gone to this movie on my own, I'm glad I went. I had fun. Good. I'm glad. Yep. What I'm else glad. we got in the ticket? Nightmare Alley. I would say probably the biggest disappointment, maybe not of the year, but definitely of this holiday season. Uh, I love Guillermo del Toro, <clears throat> the Hellboy films, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, the Devil's Backbone, Shape of Water. I mean, the guy's one of the masters of modern cinema. He really is. Um, so my expectations were high for this. Uh, especially, I know the novel, which was written back in the 40s, the Tyrone Power film in 1947. I mean, I was ready to go with this story about uh, Stanton Carlyle, played by Bradley Cooper. This guy's a con man. He's a huckster. Uh, and he stumbles into a carnival, gets an odd job, and he uh, ingratiates himself in with the carnies, and he finds that there's a couple there, <clears throat> played by David, David Strathairn and Tony Collette. They have this uh, mind-reading type act. Mentalist. Mentalist. Mesmerism. <clears throat> uh, that once was great, but uh, Strathairn's character has hit the sauce and can't quite pull it off the way it should be. And uh, Cooper's character, Carlisle, he basically steals the act. And goes, but he betters it. He betters it. He, he steals it, and uh, he knows there's bigger uh, fish to fry or sheep to fleece in the big city. So he takes along with him uh, a carny played by Rooney Mara, who he falls in love with, kind of. I think he does. Uh, you think at I, the beginning? I, I think he does in the beginning, but I think that his greed and avarice kind of supersede everything. So that kind of squashes any possibility of having a heart and true love. And he's really just a sociopathic narcissist. Yeah, yeah. And we do get some indication through some flashbacks as to why he is the way he is. Uh, No excuse, but an explanation. Sure. Uh, Soon they're in the big city. They're playing uh, this posh theater, posh nightclub type thing, raking in the big bucks. And as Pam says, you know, that's still not enough for Carlisle. And he hooks up with uh, Kate Blanchett, who plays this psychiatrist to very rich people. And he, she uh, gives him secrets of her patients that she should not do, but then he uses to give private readings, private mind readings, and of course they're stunned. How can you know that? But you know, as in movies like this, we know it's all going to go wrong, and it goes wrong spectacularly. Yeah, the move. There, there's a good movie in here. There is. There's a good <laughs> hour fifty, hour forty five minute movie in this two and a half hour film. It, it took too long in the. First, I don't know, half to two thirds where they were at the carnival. Well, and you're they right. They set that out <coughs> fine. You're right. It picks up once we go to the city, and you're right. We we don't get there soon enough. No, we don't. We don't because Kate Blanchett. Oh my gosh, Kate <laughs> Blanchett this year in the last two weeks. Yeah, you've seen a lot two, of her. Oh, we've, we've seen a lot of so her. So much of her, and I I love her. I adore her her tenacity and her bravado with portraying these different characters the way she does. She has fun with them, and in this this role of Doctor. Lilith, yeah, something Lilith, or other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's evil, but loves being bad. But you don't know she's evil. She's the, you're the classic femme fatale. She is. You she know, is. and we see her versatility here and don't look up. And, right. and we've also been marveling at Andrew Garfield's versatility right, as well. Right. Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick Tick uh, Boom. Tick, tick, boom. Um, as with all of Del Toro's films, Nightmare Alley is gorgeous. I mean, it's, it is. I hope we get one of those making of books. 
Oh, that'd be beautiful. Where, yeah. you know, you can then really study <clears throat> the composition that he has and all the minute details that he puts in. Because it's, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And, and everything has a, a color scheme or a palette. Yes, that it is, all means something. It does. It means something, but it all, like, is so visually appealing and vibrant mm-hmm. that, that that is gripping to me. But yeah. the story isn't. And it, keep, it kept me hooked, as does the cast. I mean, right. you know, Willem Dafoe's here as well. Right. Uh, Richard Jenkins, Mary Steenburgen. And Richard Jenkins, man, I didn't even recognize him at first. Yeah, bad comb over. Whoa. Bad comb over. He's an... I, 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 I don't great. always love all of his movies that he does, but I always love how he does his character. He's one of those I, guys, when you see the name, you perk up. Yep. I'm going to see it. Whether, if he's in it, I'm going to see yeah, it. Yeah. So, unfortunately, Nightmare Alley, and I guess we're in the minority. Everyone's loving this film on Rotten Tomatoes. It's making best of lists. I, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I was disappointed. Yep. So, I would skip that one if I were you. You Wait saw until. one that I didn't see. Yeah, Swan Apple TV. Song, and I'll get to it. Apple yeah. TV, boy, they're they're doing their best to compete with Netflix. They are, and they're really upping the game. I think they have a little ways to go still, but sure. the stuff that they're putting out there is pretty high-quality stuff, and um, Swan Song definitely portrays the, the excellence that they're striving for. Um, <laughs> we're eating some vegan chocolate chip cookies that are delicious, by the way, and one piece just went on the floor. I wasn't sure if he's going to eat it or not. Oh, he just did. He just ate it. He just ate it. Okay. All right. <laughs> it didn't fall on the floor in a bunch of poop, a dog poop, and it was on the floor. There are dogs here. Anyway. Um, Mahershala Ali stars in this uh, film about a man who has a terminal diagnosis. Um, it's set in the future, slightly in the future maybe, maybe 20 years in the future, where electric cars are driving people around. There are no more drivers anymore. And he has a chance to have himself recreated and have all of his memories and everything transplanted into what looks to be his twin. So a healthy body. A healthy body with, that doesn't have his cancer that he has. Um, he's got to go to this, this area, this spa where this, this, uh, duplicate, this doppelganger is and spend some time with him to be able to make sure that the transition can, can be, can be complete. And the goal of this is to not share with his wife and his, his kid and his kid to be, his wife is pregnant, that he is dying. He wants to spare his family the pain of watching him suffer and die and then not have a father. Um, so this this duplicate can walk into his shoes, literally and figuratively, and be him and be a father and a husband to his family. So why do I get the impression this is one of those, you know, no good deed goes unpunished or yeah. the road of good <clears throat> intentions? I, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, and I want to spoil it for you. Um, when I was watching this, I'm like, Okay, is this a horror movie? Are things going to be like violently wrong because right. they they sprinkle in that possibility? Um, what's happening here? And if you look up and see what a swan song is, then this perfectly typifies. Makes sense. Then. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Mahershala Ali is extraordinary. And I, I frequently found myself saying, oh, well, that's not, that's not the, I can't remember the character's name. I'm bad with that. I can't remember. Uh, I, I, is that him or is that the other guy? Oh, that's the other guy because he's got a little dot on his hand. That's how they discriminate oh. between the two. And realize, what is his character's name? 
I don't know. I didn't okay. Know okay. And realizing that, you know, Pam, it's the same actor portraying two different people. I had to, like, remind myself of that. That's how good he was in this role. Well, I love Oscar winner. I mean, yeah. The yeah. Guy, the guy knows what he's doing. He definitely does. Interestingly, Swan Song and the movie that is going to premiere at Sundance called Duel, um, D-U-A-L, is coming out with a very similar description. So we'll see how that lines up. Cameron and Jack were the characters' names. That's right. Okay. Thank you. Cameron and Jack. Cameron is the real person. Jack is the duplicate. And guess what? I got great news for you. What? Mahersha Ali is going to be in a Marvel film. Okay. (laughs) Yay! I think, do we have anything else this week? I think that's no. it for this week. But we got plenty coming up. Uh, we're going to do one or two based on, uh, devoted to best of podcast. Um, I, I think we just do, let's do two because otherwise we'll have 20 movies in one yeah, that's podcast little, and it's yeah, too so, much. So those are coming up. And then, hey, it's, you know, the Christmas season. And, you know, there's just a plethora. God, I love that word. Isn't it pretty? Yeah, I was going to name my son that, but my wife said no. Uh, uh, movies. <laughs> <That's> smart wife. <laughs> yeah, and you should, yeah, I'll tell you later what the other thing is I was going to name it. Uh, <clears throat> we've got uh, the tragedy of Macbeth that we're going to speak about in a week or two or coming up. Don't look up. Licorice Pizza uh, being the Ricardos. Uh, a bunch of others. So podcast is going to be coming at you hot and heavy. Stay tuned and uh, be on the lookout. Thanks for listening. Share, share, share.